TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone! Touch them all! It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. It is Touch Them All on Score North, 1500scorenorth.com. Little twins talk, little baseball talk to warm you up in the uh, middle of the first major winter storm of the season. He's Derek Wetmore. You find his work, his thoughts, his musings on the twins at scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff, and the uh, the twins actually were trying to warm up baseball fans this weekend in the middle of that winter storm with uh, Twins Fest, Eric. And uh, you were out there, of course. Were I you was. Not, I was. They didn't get to warm up as many people as I think they would have liked, but, <laughs> but the people that were there, it was a fun event. Was I it- mean, was it sparse? Is that what you're saying? Well, it it's just, you know, inside Target Field, you know, it's. I think the numbers have been hurt since they moved from the Metrodome when it used to be just this giant fan fest. Yeah. And this year I heard 11,500 people, roughly speaking. Uh, and it seemed like half of those were on the 40-man roster, the number of people that the <laughs> Twins had running in and out of there. I didn't recognize every single face until they put a... A jersey with their name on the back, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's so and so." And it was it was cool to see. I mean, Nelson Cruz got there for Sunday. Jonathan Scope was walking around. Um, Byron Buxton made an appearance. So it, it was cool to see the number of people who are going to be important for the Twins there this weekend. And I think the people who were there as fans probably appreciated that part of it. Now I'm I'm still somewhat the new guy here on Score North and and in the Twin Cities. Why were people more excited to go to Twins Fest in the Metrodome than they would be in beautiful, beautiful Target Field? Well, Target Field is beautiful, but you got to bear in mind the temperature outside. Oh, Target Field okay. is beautiful when All you're right. sitting behind home plate in July with a beer in your hand. They don't have any sort of temperature control in well, the stadium well, where Twins fine. Fest is going on. Yeah, but you're hanging out like in the concourse downstairs. You're hanging out in the in the fancy pants seats downstairs at the Champions Club. Like there's only there's only so many areas of the stadium you can go to. Bat and Barrel, the new sort of bar club out there in right field. But Target Field is great because every seat's a good seat. Twins Fest is limited to those places that do have heating control because this weekend would not have worked outside. As far as and I want to I want to talk about the fans a little bit more in just a second who are out at Twins Fest. And if you want to get in on the conversation, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North if you have any questions or observations for Derek and me from Twins Fest. Let us know again. It's 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Player-wise and, and actual newsy type of things about the Twins, what was your biggest takeaway from, from Twins Fest this weekend? Whether it was something a player or somebody from the front office said, what was your major takeaway this well, week? I wish I could uh, just split this into two, so I'm going to cheat Go and ahead, answer your question it. with two. Please, Byron Buxton gained 21 pounds so far this winter. I saw that. That's, that's amazing. That's incredible. I, I mean, he's a skinny guy. and Didn't so you I do can, the same? I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can speak for him a little bit, and not that I'm an elite athlete, by any means, but I went on like a full year sort of bulking program trying trying to add muscle. Manny, I don't know if I ever told you about this, but this was two summers ago and I add, I'm like 145, I'm a skinny guy. And sure. I gained 13 pounds uh-huh. and that was my big accomplishment and, and like mass and stuff. Yeah. Buxton put on 21 and it's just like, yeah, that's okay. I, I, I'm bulked now. He he added some upper body strength, and he's going to try to add some cushion. He says so he can keep crashing into walls without getting hurt. So, it's it's an incredible accomplishment for a guy who weighs like 190, soaking wet, to 
put on 21 pounds. But I think more important, Rami, to your question is like he's addressing one of the questions that we have about Byron Buxton, and that is durability. He thinks he can be more durable if he plays up at this higher weight. He knows he's going to lose some weight in spring training just naturally because he just sheds pounds. Byron Buxton being durable in 2019 is a Great step in the right direction for the Twins and for Buxton being able to put it together on the field. So that was that was definitely number one for me was Buxton bulking up and taking this thing like this is my job to to get here and, and survive. The other big one, and we, we certainly we can talk about this later in the show. I'm sure it might come up. Thad Levine basically hinting at the fact in front of a, a town hall audience that the Twins won't be in on a guy like Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. He didn't use those names. He didn't say it that definitively. But the way he talked about the Twins and their winning window and their timeline, I think if you're good at reading the tea leaves, you, know, you can say they're out on those. I two did guys. want to talk to you about that, and I, I forgot that in the talking points that I sent you earlier for the show. That, that oh, I think we can get to okay, it. Okay, that is something I definitely want to touch <laughs> on is, is the Machado Harper stuff because yeah. I was I was following Twins Fest via social media. And not to give away too much of the conversation that we're going to give up or we're going to talk talk about a little later on. I get the sense that Twins fans really realistically feel like they should be in on Machado and Harper. And I, I want to talk to you about that a little bit later on. Manny, did you have something while we were talking about Buxton before? Well, I, I was just going to wonder if if there is any concern with him putting on this weight that it would slow him down a little bit on the base sure. pads. Yeah, I, he apparently talked with um, Dan Hayes of The Athletic for a piece that they were working on. And Dan told me anyways on, on our Friday episode of the touch them all podcast you can find that in the same feed he said that buxton and the people who work with him are not worried about it costing him speed and i would even go a step further and say even if it costs him a quarter of a step or something like that just because he's a bigger problems, guy right? exactly right yeah. like you're talking he's about so the f- much faster than everybody else yeah. <laughs> you're talking the fastest player in major league baseball and now he might be second or third if it does indeed slow him down the other part of that too is He's put on 21 so that when he loses 10 in spring training and in the first month of the season, yeah. he's still at a good playable weight. I I think he should be north of 200. Not that I'm a, a physiologist or anything like that. I, I don't have a degree in kinesiology to know what will be best for him. That's why but, you're here. You exactly, don't have a degree in does, kinesiology? If I did, I wouldn't be doing the Touch em All podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that there is this element of durability that is random and not his fault at all, that is Buxton. But there's also, if there's any percent of, of it that is his fault or any percent of it that he's, you know, I don't like throwing terms like this around, but it, if he's brittle or something like that because he's so skinny, well, okay, then then get to that, get with the Twins people, figure out an offseason plan that'll work for you to keep you on the field for 600 players. I think that notion of, of bulking up, especially with muscle weight slowing you down, is more and more becoming a thing of the past because of all the advances that we've had in sports science and nutrition and everything else. Guys and, and the guys who train these guys, they, they know better nowadays how and where to add the muscle so as not to slow you down. In your machine. I, I love that you said he's he's trying to put on some cushion to to pad himself when he yes. runs into the wall. That's why I put on cushion, too. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> well the every way... November through January, I just I like to put a little cushion on. Just so in I, case. Yeah, you never know when you run into a wall. So I think uh, I've criticized Buxton in the past for the way he plays somewhat recklessly in the outfield. Very and, and Carlos Gomez-like. It, there is a lot of yeah. uh, f- the fearlessness to a fault. Right. Torrey Hunter had this. I'm just going to crash into That's that wall, a great one. Yeah. and I hope I catch this baseball. That's great, but if you're a superstar, like 
Buxton hopes to become and like the twins hope that he would. You don't want Mike Trout crashing in that center field wall. You you would take the double off the wall to preserve the six weeks of Mike Trout playing in your lineup. So there's a little give and take with that. I, I think Buxton was joking when he said he wanted some cushion to crash into the walls. But at the same time, I don't think at 25 years old, Byron Buxton is going to change the way he plays center field. And that is all out with a sort of reckless abandon doesn't care too much about preserving his body. He only cares about catching balls. And and honestly, it's made him one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. So, what, 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 was, what was the most fun thing that you witnessed out at Twins Fest this weekend? Well, you brought it was up. Was there a Q&A where a guy was particularly entertaining, a game that they played, anything like that? Uh, I mean, you brought it up. Human foosball was pretty interesting. Okay. Um, there was a... There hey, was you like sent a, me a picture of that yeah, on Twitter. There uh, was like a seven-year-old playing human foosball. So you're holding the bar inside of like a soccer or... A, Looks almost like a backyard hockey rink. Yeah. Um, that seemingly every block has one around here. You'd be playing this uh, modified soccer in that rink. So there's like a seven year old kid playing like, there. Tie- are you tied to a stick of some sort? No, it's there's a bar that runs across the middle actually, and you. Okay. The rule is just that you have to keep your hands on that bar. Okay. To, All right. To, to kick the the yeah. soccer ball, and so there's like this seven year old who you know. Looks like a seven-year-old, a small sure. school child, little guy, ready to kick the soccer ball, and he's playing on the same bar, on the same post with Twins pitcher Michael Pineda, who is every bit of six foot seven and looks like he could be pushing, I don't know, two hundred and eighty pounds. I mean, he's this is a huge guy. I don't have his numbers right in front of me in terms of height and weight, but it was pretty funny to see that this. This kid probably weighed less than Michael Pineda's hamstring, and they were playing soccer right next to each other in this inside of this foosball thing. That was as far as events go. I mean, that's pretty fun. Royce Lewis was calling out bingo with some people and kind of had the crowd wrapped around his finger. He's a real personable guy, so that was kind of fun to see. Um, and then others, it's just sort of touching base and and checking in on guys who are on the forty man roster. Nelson Cruz made his appearance on Sunday, so. I, I don't know. There isn't one thing, Rami, that stands out to me as as someone who who covers the team mm. that was super fun. But I think that there there were a lot of like little you know smaller events that I think the Twins fans got to interact with some of the players, and and that's probably the biggest takeaway from the weekend. What was your takeaway from from Nelson Cruz and and his Q and A? How's how's he looking? What, did you like what you heard from from the free agent acquisition? In a word, yeah ripped. He looks ripped. I guess I don't know if I expected this. I knew he was a strong guy. I know they don't call him the boomstick for nothing. I mean, I know he's going to be 38 <laughs> years old this year and he's still hitting home runs. Yeah, I think it, he hit 37 home runs last year. That is a an atypical aging curve. A lot of especially those bat first sluggers, you don't see them age well. You don't see into the late 30s. You don't see that kind of production very often. And Cruz basically thinks he, He's able to do it because he takes his workouts really seriously, his sleep, his rest and nutrition, all of this stuff that goes into still being an elite athlete at age 38. I've heard behind the scenes, Cruz takes really, really seriously. And then I think we got a little confirmation this weekend when, okay, Friday, Saturday, he wasn't at Twins Fest because he still he had things planned as part of his off-season workout. He's, right. Maybe he's just in the gym. I don't know. But he showed up Sunday in... A shirt that didn't quite fit him because it was stretched over his pecs and shoulders and <laughs> biceps. And I was like, yeah, okay, this dude is strapped with muscle. It is unbelievable in person. And you can start to see how 
yeah, the workout routine sort of plays into that. One quick thing on him on Sunday specifically was asked about how do you how do you avoid that cliff? You know, as a TV reporter asked him, a lot of players get up there in age, you know, 35, beyond that, they, they sort of fall off that cliff. You haven't done that and, and hope to continue to not do that with the Twins. What's been your secret? And he said, my secret is I stay away from cliffs. <laughs> Nelson Sound Cruz, advice. A little, a little bit of a dry wit there. That was It was a short answer, but it was a good answer. And I was like, yeah, okay, maybe this guy can defy these aging curves. The last question I had for you, and I think this will maybe lead into the Machado and Harper conversation. We can have that next segment. And we, we sort of touched on this a little bit. What was your takeaway as as far as the feeling of Twins fans going into Twins Fest. You talked about yeah. sp- sort, sort of sparse attendance. What do you say? 11, 11, 11 five. 5 Yeah, were there. How much of that do you think is is the, the, the conditions and, and the weather keeping people away? And how much of that do you think is maybe a lack of optimism? And, and what was the sense that you got from, from the Twins fans that were there? I think it's definitely more the weather. Okay. If I, if I had to weight it, I would say the percentage, the much larger percentages, it's just kind of a crappy weather weekend. Right. You don't want to go out to Target Field, find it's a place to park the car. also a bad weekend to move. Yeah. Also a bad weekend to move. <laughs> right. yeah. It sounds like we have some things to talk about in that regard, too. <laughs> well, be thankful you're not moving tomorrow or on Wednesday when I can't. They must be a misprint on the temperatures that they're projecting for the Twin Cities the next couple of days. Um, but is I would say the weather is by far the biggest one because Rami on social media and on you know just in response with our callers on this show and people who write into me on Facebook and all of that stuff, I hear people who are mad. I hear people who are upset, and specifically, I hear people mad they're not spending a lot more money. Right now that Joe Mauer's $23 million a year is off the books, reinvest that is what the fans are saying. But I got to say that wasn't the pervasive sense I got at Twins Fest. Just to give you an example on, I believe it was Saturday, there was an hour-long sort of town hall setting. Uh, Radio station had a broadcast stage set up there and people can fill in and I think it's in the Puckett Atrium or Carew, I can't remember who it's named after. But there's a big gathering spot where you can get 100, 200 or so fans there to ask questions of these three men. Twins owner, principal owner, Jim Polad. Twins president, Dave St. Peter. And the chief baseball officer, the guy who's running the baseball department, Derek Falvey. 60 minutes of fan Q&A there, hosted by a moderator, and not one payroll question. Not one Hey, where is that $23 million going? Wait, 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 wait. I'm wait, saying wait, it wait. doesn't stack up with what you hear on Manny, social media. Manny on the other side of the glass looks very, very confused. Well, he's perplexed. And perplexed yeah. By yeah that, well, that, that's just funny to me. That's just really, really funny to me. I will say on Sunday, I went to a Q&A and it was that, the same two guys. So it's uh, Jim Polad, Dave St. Peter, and Thad Levine were on this one. There were payroll questions there. People okay. did ask, you know, money, but... You had 60 minutes to ask Derek Falvey, they, the guy who's basically in charge of it, and his bosses who are in charge of the purse strings and the the most um, terse – it's tense on social media, right? You guys see it every single day. It's mm-hmm. it's it's payroll. It's if I say one thing even not, – not even nice but just not critical of the twins, I'm being criticized for being a twins homer. And at that setting where you'd have the opportunity to talk to these people who are in charge and, you know – control the payroll and make all the baseball decisions for this organization it 
didn't really even ever get close to being tense or uncomfortable. It was the most uncomfortable it got was when one guy was upset about his mobile ticketing not being great last year, and they were like, "Oh, sorry, we'll we'll try to fix that for you this year. There is a there is a print ticket option if you want it." And that was as uncomfortable as it got, which is totally against my expectation coming into the weekend. So I don't know if it's changed my view or if it's just there's a very specific sampling on social media versus people who would go to this. You know, card show and memorabilia memorabilia event. I I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you that it's a hundred percent on social media that are mad about this. And it's definitely not a hundred percent of Twins fans at large who are upset about this kind of thing right now. See, and and that in some ways it kind of reminds me of like with the wolves too, doing like raised by wolves and interacting with people on social media who are yeah. just so upset about everything that may be going on with the wolves, and then. You go to the actual games and people who are at the games, it's kind of different. Now, it as it got towards the end of the Thibodeau era, you know, sure. it, it started to blur a little bit. But, yeah. but yeah, I just wonder if it's just like a different a different crowd. They might at still Twins bo- Fest than there is, yeah, you know, on social media. Like they might still boo Tibbs, even if you kind of like the team and like the product and stuff. Uh, and I think that's the case for Twins fans right now. Is like on social media, you do see a lot of. Um, Buxton is hopeless. Cut Sano and a lot of vitriol. And, and and the Twins need Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, Bryce Harper, and Manny Machado. Now, obviously, there's a sliding scale that I'm not saying every single person is a buy every free agent possible, but you do see so much more of that. And at Twins Fest, I saw people who were it's, it's a weird way to characterize it, but they were just sort of happy to be there and wanted to support the club and. Um, I, I guess I think that's just sort of the fan that is attracted to an event like Twins Fest, whereas the the barrier to enter and complain on social media is so, so low these days that I think I think that might also skew our perception in the media of how much people are up in arms at this Twins front office right now. That, that was just kind of my two cents on the crowd at Twins Fest and what it taught me about what the what the Twins fan at large is feeling right now. I think I kind of changed my tune a little bit. Yeah, I think it and you guys basically just said as much, but that's sort of the nature of social media is is that that negativity if you want to call it that or or I don't know, higher level of expectations. Um and that's also sort of the nature of of fan fests like Twins Fest, which is where the most diehard and optimistic of fans are going to hand over their their time and and harder money and drive through that's right a winter storm to go out and, and yeah. see their favorite baseball you're not players gonna, and get a card you're not gonna drive from Wyzetta down 394 to park at target field somewhere walk through the cold and possibly the snow and the slush just to be mad about something right, right. so even though that was your forum to complain directly to Derek Falvey or Jim Polat or whatever whoever you wanted to direct your ire at I totally get why People who are going are going for different reasons. You're not going it's a just it's, it's like versus like logging on to Twitter, whereas my tweet deck's just auto logged in all the time. It's just easy to go. Look, there's no cost to go on and complain. I can just fire that off. And I think that's that's maybe part of the difference, Rami, is like there's a there's a higher pain threshold to get your buns out to Target Field from Woodbury and complain in person than there is it's it's fairly easy to do that on twitter.com i would expect a few negative nancy's to make the trip though were they screening the questions no nobody asked about that's, Pedro? that's okay. what i was surprised right. about because okay. okay so i showed up at that thing and i was like how many plants do they have in right. the audience yeah. right like at a comedy show rami right you sure. might say like hey you know 
Well, comedy's a little different. You don't want hecklers. But a magic show, you might want somebody in the audience to be, like, in on it. Right. I thought for sure the Twins would be smart to say, hey, I'll give you tickets to the uh, Joe Maurer retirement game if you come up and ask a nice question. (laughs) (laughs) And and they didn't do that. I was there. I would have seen it. These were real people with real questions. And the toughest hitting questions came from, like, the seven- and eight-year-olds in the the stands. And, And I don't know. Maybe that's... Maybe that is just the group that's going, but I did definitely sense a lot more optimism and positivity there than I do online. And honestly, my answer is the same with everything like this. Probably the truth is somewhere in between. Right. The average Twins fan is not as optimistic as those you saw at Twins Fest, and certainly they're not as negative and uh, payroll conscious and all of that stuff as what you see online. So I, I'm having a hard time personally blending the two and balancing them and and figuring out where is the average fan? Where is the median fan on the twins right now? I think they're just kind of disappointed. They missed the playoffs last year and, and hope they're ready to get back there this year and beyond six, five, one, six, four, six, eight, two, five, five. If you want to get in on touch them all or tweet us at score North. And even though they weren't there, I, I was watching some of the twins fan reaction on social media to things that were being said at twins fest. And a lot of it was not happy. And a lot of it surrounded the Harper and Machado talk that you referenced earlier, Derek, I want to get into that right after this, it's Touch Em All from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Hey, it's easy to listen to Score North on 1500 on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, Judd. Awesome. Alexa, fire a coach. No, 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 no. It's Alexa, trade everybody. Judd, no, it's Alexa, open Score North. Alexa, more hockey. I want more hockey. Just say, Alexa, open Score North, and you can listen to Score North on 1500. Alexa, open Score North. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. This is fantastic. Sports talk that leans north. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Touch them all on Score North 1500, scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makhlouf. There's Derek Wetmore. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's easy. They're all at Score North, S K O R North. And if you want to get in on the Twins Talk, 651 646 8255 or tweet us at Score North. I pepper Derek with some uh, Twins Fest questions before the breaks. You can do the same. That's what uh, Butch in Maple Grove wants to talk about. Butch, you're on Touch Them All. What's up, buddy? Yeah, hi, guys. Derek, Twins Fest is not the best barometer to get an idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's seven year olds holding cotton candy. It's dads and their kids. Come on, Derek. Yeah, fair I point. Mean, look at look at season ticket sales, individual yeah. game ticket sales. They're way down. That's the barometer, not. Yeah, you're totally, Butch, I I totally hear you. Let me throw a question back at you because I I am 100% in lockstep that Twins Fest is not the best measure. I would also say you could see factors in season ticket sales and stuff that might not have to do with the on-field product. A a big part of it is, and that's why they were down to 1.9 million last year. Um, How are you feeling right now as a Twins fan? And, and, And did you go to Twins Fest? Because I'm curious to know, like, I, I'm trying to take the temperature here. Genuinely speaking, are you are you down on the Twins this winter? Well, I'm, I mean, I didn't go. I haven't sure. gone. I, I went years ago when my when my guys were little. Sure. Only only for them. But I don't see any. I don't see that these two guys that are running it now 
last year didn't prove anything. I mean, they went out and they signed some some older veterans that were past their prime, and of course they didn't produce. This year could be the same. I mean, Nelson Cruz, it, everything sounds good, but that's what we thought about Lance Lynn and, sure. and um, you know, Logan as well. So I, I don't know. I just, it's the same old, same old. Sure. Thing. But you're not I mean, ready I, to burn down Target Field is basically no, what I'm hearing. No, yeah. no, but I'm not, I'm certainly not going to, not going to go to more than, than two games. Sure. This summer. I mean, a couple games just, just for Target Field, but there's, there's not much to get excited about, to be sure. completely honest with you. Butch, thanks, opinion, thanks for the call, opinion. buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that's fair. Thank I, you, Butch. I would say two things in response to Butch there. One is about, he's right when he says that Twins Fest and, and the fans it's a bad gauge. aren't necessarily the greatest the greatest barometer as far as the, the feelings and expectations of Why Twins Why he got to pick on the second graders, though? He's like, it's a bunch of seven-year-olds with cotton candy and like face paint. Stupid second graders. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Get your act together. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's okay to like Twins Fest, but, but I, he's right. Right. I, I would say I would I would say and we essentially said this in the first segment of the show. The flip side of that is that I don't know that you can say social media is necessarily the the most reliable barometer yeah. about how Twins fans feel about about this team right I think now. They're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. Social and, media is way way down, and I don't know if that's average. And when he says Falvey and Levine haven't proved anything to him yet, I, he's I, right. I, and he's right. He is right. But what what I'll say to that, and this is something that fan bases often don't want to hear and it's the case more often in baseball I think than any other sport which is that you won't really have them prove anything to you or know who these guys are until they're three or four years into their tenure this this right. isn't this isn't a one-year plan this isn't a quick turnaround for the twins they're looking to reshape this organization and set it up for long-term success and you won't really and I'm not saying that they will do it I'm just saying sure. that you won't really see the fruits of that labor until about three or four years into their tenure yeah how long did Stern's take in Milwaukee. David Stern's takes over, same cut from the exact same cloth as Derek Falvey is sort of this younger CEO type um nerd, pardon the term. And and he grew the front office and they popped and were successful last year. How long did that take? It only took about two years. So he was under David Stern's. But he had a couple of things working in his favor, which is that the the tear down um, portion of of that whole process that teams have to go through when they go through this organizational reshaping had already been started by his predecessor oh, okay. and Doug Melvin a lot sure. a lot of the contracts that they needed to to trade off and and acquire prospects in exchange for Doug Melvin had done some of the heavy lifting of that the year before David Stearns came in and took over okay. so he had a little bit of a head start and in addition to that I think that David Stearns even he was surprised by how quickly it happened. We sure. we interviewed him two years in a row. Well, for the last three years at 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 Brewer Spring Training in my previous stop in Milwaukee. And his first year, he said, "I asked him essentially, what's the timeline on this thing? Brewers fans want to know when they can expect to compete again." And he gave me an answer that you would expect any GM to give because you don't want to say it's going to take forever yeah, yeah. and people stop buying tickets. <laughs> Buy tickets in 2024. You don't, want, you don't want to tell people it's going to happen now and sure. and then have, have, have the team not live up to, to the expectations that you've set. He gave me the most GM-y answer of any GM-y answer, which was that this team will inform us. <laughs> on when it's time to compete, which I sort of rolled my eyes sure, at when sure. when he said that, and then they went out and missed the playoffs by one game. Yeah, and I came back the next year, 
And I said, you, I, I rolled my eyes when you said it last year, but you were, you were kind of right. But I have to, I think that even you had to be somewhat surprised by how quickly they told you they were ready to compete. Sure. A lot of guys down in Milwaukee played over their head and sort of accelerated that process or what we thought was over their head at the time and accelerated that process a little bit. So then, David Stearns and the management down in Milwaukee looked at it and said, okay, we're closer than we thought. Let's add a piece here in Christian Yelich. Let's add a piece here in Lorenzo Cain. Let's add a little bit to our bullpen and make that really the strength of our baseball team. And so they they had fewer holes to plug than I think they originally had thought they did. I'm glad you brought that up in context of how long it takes and its sort of uncertainty. There's a lot of variance here that we're playing with. Last year, if the Twins had won 92 games with that collection... I think they would be in on Bryce Harper, on Manny Machado, on Patrick Corbin, on and on down the list of who are the big ticket names this winter. I would say the Twins view it, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, I'm just saying that based on what I've heard, I think that the Twins think they are a year away from that, or at least a half a season away from that. They are waiting for this current roster to inform them, to borrow a David Stern's term, that they are ready to win the American League Central. And at that point, I think that's when you make make your move for a Christian Yelich or Lorenzo Cain or whatever the equivalent is for the Twins. If, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly based on everything I heard over the weekend and throughout the rest of the winter, the Twins don't think they're at that point yet. And I can see why, as a fan, that might make you upset. I, in, in fairness to the Nelson Cruz signing, too, I think... I tend to look at the Nelson Cruz signing as a little bit different, a little bit differently because Nelson Cruz has a little bit more of a track record, yeah. more of a proven track record than like a Logan Morrison For sure. or even like a Lance Lynn may have had in terms of contributions to a team. I mean, this guy has hit forty plus home runs yes. in multiple seasons, and he's coming off a really good season last yes. year too. Yes, exactly right. And on top of that, they didn't wait until March first to get that done. Right. They, they got him signed early enough to have him in for FanFest. They got Jonathan Scope in early enough to have him there all three days at Twins Fest. It's last year where I think people were mad at the one-year deals, and then the Twins even came forward and have said, and Thad Levine, I've heard him in multiple interviews, say, we probably didn't go about that right with these guys on these sort of one-year mercenary contracts. You know, Logan Morrison was hired in spring training to just go be a, a hired gun. Hey, go go hit some home runs for us. We don't need you to be an ambassador. We don't need you to be a leader. Blah blah. You can't you can't tell somebody he's only worth this tiny fraction of what he thinks he's worth. But oh, by the way, be a great guy and a great team player and all of this stuff. I think the difference between the one-year short-term deals that they're doing this winter, they got them done early so these guys do generally feel i mean i can't speak for them but you've got to imagine if you're in jonathan scope's shoes the twins really wanted you they they made a push for you they got you early before wasn't it before the winter meetings that kind of move is much different to me than signing lance lynn when his price falls low enough in spring training that you say well i mean we didn't need him in the rotation but we'll take him because he's better than our fifth guy right now and he's this cheap why not I think it's a different kind of one-year deal, to Manny's point. Nelson Cruz is, we want this guy on our 25-man roster. He's we proven. want this. Yeah, he's he's a proven commodity. He's done it. He's aged well, and he's a perfect corner locker guy. You want him with a corner locker in the clubhouse to be one of those anchors. I don't think you'd exactly say the same thing about Lance Lynn a season Continuing ago. Continuing with the comparison to the Brewers, since you asked me Let's that earlier, it. I think 
Nelson Cruz does a lot of the things for the Twins, and he's not as productive a player, and he's a few years older than the guy I'm about to talk about, but he does a lot of the same things for the Twins, or they're probably hoping he does, as Lorenzo Cain did for the Brewers. When when the Brewers signed Lorenzo Cain, people looked at that, and they looked at his age, and they said, that's kind of a high price tag for an outfielder of his production at that age, but I think that the Brewers looked at him and saw a guy who, who knows what it takes to be a big league ball player and, and knows what it is to be part of a winning organization coming from Kansas City with a World Series ring and another World Series appearance under his belt. That's something that you you can't really, as a coach, um, uh, pass on to other guys. But I think that when you have a player in the clubhouse who has those qualities and and knows what it takes to succeed at the highest level, it's kind of contagious. And I think that's what the Twins are hoping Nelson Cruz Nelson brings Cruz, to that clubhouse. Yeah. Nelson All Cruz. Three years in Texas, yeah. Yep. And he came within, what, one out of the World Series, right? And if he would have just caught that ball, it's over. Sorry, mm-hmm. Thad Levine. Sorry, Nelson Cruz, to bring up a bad memory in Texas. But there is this uh, leadership component. Lorenzo Cain went through to multiple World Series and knew what, you know, from March 1st, from February 1st, heck, from February 1st to November 1st, what it takes to be a championship organization. Some of that's outside of an individual's control, of course. A, a certain, one player on a 25-man roster can't elevate a whole team to the World Series. Just look at Mike Trout, the best player in possibly baseball history. The Angels ain't winning anything. Haven't, anyways, in right. the past few years. Yeah. So I think that... I think that there is something to this sort of uh, professionalism and leadership that the Twins clubhouse really, in my perspective, lacked last year. Even with a guy like Joe Maurer, who's you know well-regarded behind the scenes in those areas, Brian Dozier, even with that kind of stuff, that sort of leadership was lacking from the 2018 team. Not saying that you hire Nelson Cruz on a one-year deal and your problem is solved, but I do think it injects a certain amount of professionalism production to Manny's point and also that sort of veteran leadership that you're hoping you're hoping if you're the twins helps raise the water level for some of the younger prospects in Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, even Eddie Rosario, Miguel Sano is certainly on that list. If Nelson Cruz's presence by doing the Lorenzo Kane leadership things that you're talking about here, Rami, mm-hmm. in addition to the production. Yeah. If that can bring up the water level for the twins, two, three, four, five wins, hundred percent, 100 times out of 100, it's worth that contract. Absolutely. It feels like the the Nelson Cruz signing, even though he's, what, 38 years old, yeah. so he's an older player, it, it does speak to how forward-thinking these guys actually are. They're not – they're signing Nelson Cruz, obviously, because you, you have the production, the production angle, too, but they're also bringing him in because how can he help these younger guys yeah. in the future right. get better and be ready to compete at a high level? And something I think they learned last year. I think they learned that because when when Torrey Hunter was here and was that 2015 and they popped up and had a nice season, it was like it it was a different feel in the clubhouse than and it's so cliched, but I was there every day. I'll tell you, different feel in 2015 at Target Field than there was 2016. Torrey retired, a bit of a leadership void. I think certain guys maybe struggled to try to live up to the Torrey Hunter billing, and Nelson Cruz sort of has that. Pre-built from everything I've heard behind the scenes. You know who else could bring some of those qualities to the Twins? (laughs) I've got a couple of names in mind, yes. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. (laughs) And Twins fans are wondering why they are not talking to them. We'll discuss that next. It's Touch Them All on Score North 1500 and scorenorth.com. Takes North Cool. Scorenorth.com.
Touch them all on Score North, 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff along with Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter here at Score North. Find his work at scorenorth.com. Follow us on all your various social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We made it real easy for you. It's at Score, S-K-O-R, North, if you want to follow us and uh, get access to all the fine, fine content that we're making here. Uh, Derek, I, I mentioned before the break uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, two names that... As I was, I was sort of, I couldn't get out to Twins Fest because I was finally moving into my new apartment um, this weekend after, Congratulations, after getting way. removed from a terror watch list. Yeah. Um, so I, did, I didn't have a chance to get out there. Um, so I was trying to follow sort of what, what folks were saying about what was being said and done out at Twins Fest. Sure. And it really ruffled some, some Twins fans' feathers when Thad Levine essentially came out and said, we are not getting in on Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, even if that price drops because these guys have have still been on, on the free agent market for so long. Mm-hmm. There's some speculation they may lower the price. He said, even if they do, we're not getting in on the Machados and Harpers of the world. And some Twins fans not pleased with that. Is that an expectation Twins fans should have that this team is in on free agents like yeah. Bryce Harper and well, Manny Machado or are those pipe dreams? I think it's legitimate. I think it's a legitimate gripe. Um, You've been banging this drum for a while. I started just before the postseason ended that the Twins should call on Bryce Harper. And people said, hot take, hot take. I think Phil and Judd pulled me over with the hot take police bit. <laughs> and I got that on my first day. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome yep. to the all-new Score North. Thank you. Thank I you. think that it's... And I should say, too, by the way, that that we're sort of paraphrasing for Thad Levine there. He didn't out and out say we're out on right. Harper and Machado. But you, it, I don't think it took a very high level of reading between the lines to interpret what Thad Levine told a, a small gathering of Twins fans yesterday and make that sort of leap of logic that the Twins aren't going to be signing either one of those two. I, I tweeted something about that, and the overwhelming response was, duh, you idiot. Like, of course they're not. <laughs> Of course they're not in on those guys. And and I think, okay, fair. Fair because we're the small market twins and everybody's just sort of conditioned to thinking the twins won't make a big play for a big time free agent. But I'd say two reasons why they should have at least considered the possibility. Um, I was much more a Bryce Harper guy than a Manny Machado guy, but that's we, we hashed that all out on, on several versions of the Touch Em All podcast earlier in the, in the fall and winter. And so... Two reasons why they should have been in on Bryce. One, this isn't your dad's small market twins team anymore. Yeah, they're still not going to lead the world in payroll on the major league side, but they're investing so much behind the scenes that it's it's really kind of startling how different the organization looks today than it did three years ago. Now, have the fruits of that labor paid off yet? No, okay, that's fair to say. That's a fair criticism. But... Just as an example of how it's a different organization, they made a huge bid at U Darvish last winter. The the not so secret um, offer to U Darvish, who winds up signing a six year, hundred plus million dollar deal to go to the Chicago Cubs, he had a very real option to join the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. Okay, we could talk about how that would have played out in two thousand eighteen. Da 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 da. I just use it to say this. This is not the Twins team that people are criticizing. The Twins fans on Twitter right now are criticizing sort of the Terry Ryan Twins, the smaller payrolls, the hope to patch it together from the farm system and shop in the bargain bin. 
They are still looking for bargains for sure, but my point is it's not the same twins. That was point one why this should be after Bryce Harper. Point two, I've heard a lot of talk about windows this offseason, Rami, and you just talked about the Brewers window, how it kind of swung open maybe even quicker than David Stearns expected. You see that all the time in baseball. Oh, uh, oh, I guess this is a competitive team. Let's invest in it. And if the Twins don't think they're a competitive team right now in 2019 as currently constructed, I can understand that because you're waiting on Byron Buxton. You're waiting on Miguel Sano. Even Eddie Rosario, a guy who I praised thoroughly last summer, really kind of broke down at the end of the year and didn't have an Eddie Rosario second half. So all across the 25-man roster, you can say, this team's not quite ready to pop, and, and that's a defensible argument that the Twins are making right now. However, Bryce Harper is 26 years old, and if you're going to pay him somewhere between 30 and 35 million dollars a year, and you don't think your window opens for another three minutes or three years, great, he'll be 29 then, and still one of the best sluggers in baseball. That was my argument all along: is that you don't have to time this perfectly, dovetail with the blossoming of your farm system into making a Bryce Harper signing work at Target Field. I can see why they're going to say that, Rami, but I just. I think that there's a a serious question with that part of it, which is why, to answer your original question, I think it's a legitimate gripe that Twins fans are miffed that the Twins aren't making an aggressive push for either a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado this winter, even if they don't think their timing is absolutely perfect. Manny, is that something that that you think Twins fans should expect, that, that they're in on free agents like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado? I think it's I think it's fair to for for fans to expect it. I I will say this too. I think that you're you're not. I don't think we're going to see two talking about Bryce and Manny here. You're not going to see two guys on the market this good at this like stage of their careers at 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 this age right. of their careers where you can sign these guys to. You know, right now it's. I mean, you, there's no cap on how many years you can you can give a guy in free agency, but you can get some good run out of both of these guys, well into these contracts before before they even hit thirty, mm-hmm. thirty one, thirty two years old, and maybe right. start to tail off a little bit. And even you know, I kind of feel like okay, even though the Twins might be a year away from competing, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna have an opportunity to get. A guy this good, right? Would you sign the same deal? Year. Would you sign the same deal next winter if if Buxton has a good season and Sano is back? Okay, now you're now you're ready to go. If these two guys are on the winter, then are on the market next winter, then even by the Twins' logic that I just criticized a little bit, even by that logic, you'd still sign that guy. You'd want that 26 year old superstar. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why fans are probably upset. I, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but that's definitely been. With the the people that I talk with on on Twitter and on my Facebook page for baseball, all that kind of stuff, the the sharps as I call them, I mean, you know, the the really informed with smart opinions, people who are people who are giving me the ideas that I I use and turn into columns and podcasts, they're mad that 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 it's not even a conversation that the twins would be in on it. I don't think it's it's the right move or the right time to sign either one of those guys for this Twins organization. Okay, but let me take a step back. Do you mm-hmm. think it's realistic for fans to expect that? 
or to want that really. Um, I th- I think that the Twins are right on on the brink of being uh, in in a market big enough and and an organization that makes enough money that they could do it. I I, sure. I think I think they're at the lower end of of teams that could do it, but I th- I think they could realistically come up with that money to do it, and and and, it, and so it's not totally unrealistic for Twins fans to ever expect their team to get yeah. in on free agents like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado when they come on the market. But I just, A, when you say, Manny, that there aren't going to be guys like this on the market for years to come, I can see why you'd say that. But remember last year in the free agent market when everybody wanted John Carlos Stanton and he was the guy who who there was, there was well, I can't say there was a bidding war for because the free agent market was so slow, but Giancarlo Stanton was the big prize on the free agent market last year. Who was the Marlins outfielder that actually broke out and and shined last year? It was Christian Yelich, who went in the trade mm-hmm. for for Milwaukee. Well, John, John Carlo was a trade too, though. Oh yeah, that's right. He was a yeah. trade, um, but, but he was highly regarded. A lot of people sure. wanted him, and then uh, whether Derek Jeter just directed him to the Yankees, huh? Funny and whether thing. it is through free agency or through trade, sometimes the guys who look like the big prize on the market, yes aren't necessarily the big prize on the market as it plays out one or two years or three or four years down the road. That's right. And the other part of it, too, is, I mean, the Twins could be in on Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, but they also have to convince those guys to actually sign. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's, you know, that's I mean, Bryce, Bryce Harper, I mean, you could throw 10 years and $400 million at Bryce Harper, and Bryce Harper might just say, I'm not interested. I don't want to come there. <laughs> yeah, no I coast. Want to, I want to go to L.A. or I want to go to Philadelphia or wherever he might end Maybe up. Maybe if so. there was a roof over Target. Yeah. Field. <laughs> I'm not. I heard that argument on Mackie and Joe with Rami, and I am not diving in there because you are just objectively wrong, my friend. Target Field is perfect with I an love open Target air. Field. I However, love it. I love it. It's a beautiful park. One thing I'd be remiss if I didn't throw into this conversation yeah. is like, this is not just Thad Levine saying, we're not ready to take this shot. I think, and this is my look. Calling it an informed opinion would be a mistake because it's giving me too much credit to call it informed. But it's my it's my hunch, my educated guess, based on being there at Twins Fest this weekend, based on talking with people, my sense isn't we will never be in on a Bryce Harper type free agent. Or we will it does not matter what the timing is if a Manny Machado comes up and wants eight years. $275 million were just out. I don't get the sense that that's the case. What mm-hmm. I what I think is the case is the Twins under Derek Falvey and Thad Levine feel, based on their market and, and, and where they are in terms of revenue, you know, as a team that receives revenue sharing, they're not one of the big players for some of these guys. I think Twins fans are mad by extension saying they'll never be in on this guy. That's not what I'm reading. What I think the Twins are saying is, under Derek Falvey as chief baseball officer, they will get one shot at that sort of superstar caliber. Mm-hmm. Shoot the moon, but you only get one shot. What did Omar say in, in The Wire? Was it, shoot at the king, you best not miss? Yeah. I think that's what the Twins are doing here. So maybe that calms people down a little bit that maybe they're not in on Bryce Harper. And... Maybe Manny Machado won't fit for them because of their timeline or whatever reason, or you don't think he's a winner. I don't know. I don't care. We've had that argument. What I do think that the Twins will do is when that time is right, and to quote Thad Levine directly, when the Twins are ready to step on another team's throat, when they're ready to win the Central going away, that's when they're going to take that moonshot 
So I don't know who that guy's going to be. It's probably right. not going to be Bryce Harper, but I think that helps quell some anxiety that the Twins will never be on this guy. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be on this guy when the time is right, but I think they know they only have one bullet in that chamber, and they just want to make sure that it's the right one. And that's what I was just going to say, but first I have to say, I, 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 the guy on the staff who wears the collared shirts with the sweater over it was not the guys expecting to quote Omar from Thank the wire. You. But <laughs> Thank you. That, that being said, when you, when you said a few the minutes... The book was great, by the way. When you said a few minutes ago that, that the, the signing of a Bryce Harper, Manny Machado type doesn't necessarily have to coincide perfectly with your farm system coming right. of age, I think for an organization like the Twins... It does because you don't have just ex- you don't have excess funds to waste. If you're going to spend that kind of money, you better do it when it's time to win. Maybe like so. you, you don't mm-hmm. sign a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado in a market like like the Twin Cities. Like I said, they're right there on the brink of teams who can afford a move like that, which means there is no real wiggle room on on either side of it. So if you're going to spend that money, you better be getting your money's worth. And I'm I don't I don't just mean in ticket sales and the attraction that that guy might be to bring sure. people to the ballpark. I mean in terms of actual production and 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 stacking up wins. Yeah, I think every team is filthy rich right now and you can kind of afford it, but I think if you're talking on like a limited uh, even if it's a self-limited ceiling of what the major league payroll is going to be, I I can kind of squint and see the logic in, we get one shot, we're going to make sure that that shot pays off, not we're going to take that shot to open the window. This is paraphrasing Thad Levine too. It's like you don't take that shot when your fingers are cracked you know they're they're shoved in under the sill, the window pane, and you're trying to jimmy it open and 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 open your window for the next three, four, five, six, seven years. You take that shot when your window is open and you're ready to run, win the AL Central, and be a serious World Series player. I think that's the big picture vision that the Twins front office under Falvey has, and maybe that makes it a little more satisfying. For Twins fans who are mad they're not in on Bryce and Harper. And that's where, you, that's where you look back at like 2010 and you say like, well, maybe they should have take fired right. that bullet to get that's Cliff right. Lee. Take that and, shot. Because they had a team that was probably good enough if they would have added him. Yeah. Find more of Derek's musings on the Twins at scorenorth.com. If you missed any portion of Touch Em All, you can hear the full podcast at scorenorth.com. He's Derek Wetmore. I'm Rami Makhlouf. It's Touch Em All. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.